0: can be a little bit of a, of a stressed out people right especially as you get close to Christmas and as good as it is sometimes you know it you, you've got shopping to do you forget this person you got to go get that we made the mistake I just forget that it's just as most of our shopping I forget that people are shopping like crazy and Molly wanted to go to the mall and play at the little thing in the mall and I was like sure we'll go to the mall you know her mom was out my man, it was bad. We looked for a spot for a good 15 minutes. And, uh, but we went to the mall. Uh, it, was, it was stressful just getting in the door. Um, but we can be stressed out. Surveys show that we're more stressed out than we've ever been. Uh, of course, just like I always do, I had to look up the top five things to stress us out. Like any good clickbait article, I'll tell you that you'll be surprised at number one. <laughs> Um, but I really think it will be. It was kind of interesting. But here they are, the top five things that we're stressed out about. Um, number five, 51% of the people are stressed out about violence and crime. So that was interesting. Number two, uh, number four, sorry, so counting down. Number four, um, The number four thing that stresses us out, the current political climate, 57% of people stressed out by that. Um, the next two, if you're going to be surprised by one, the next two should be pretty easy then. What, what stresses you out? Don't say family. Somebody must have been filling these out with their family near them so they couldn't check that. So mark that off. What are, what are the other things? Money? School's not one. There's not enough people in school, I think. our people in school don't respond to these kind of surveys. Um, uh, no. So money is one, and work is the other. Money is one and work is the other. I'm sure time is interwoven in with the stress of those things. So uh, work is, is three, money is two, Money is interesting, and I say this all the time, but but by every statistic, by every measurable possible, on average, even if you take out the top 1%, so we don't even factor those in, even if we take those out, we're richer than anyone ever in history, but we're still more stressed about money than anyone's ever been. Um, But the number one thing that we're stressed about, 63% of people are stressed about the future of our nation. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, maybe I'm not losing any sleep over that. Maybe I watch the news and I'm like, oh, that sucks. You know, then I cut it off and I'm moving on. But people are pretty stressed about that. We get stressed about a lot of stuff. I remember being stressed about the dog needing a haircut and how are we going to coordinate, drop off and pick up. You know, just the most ridiculous stuff. The baby lost his socks. We got all the way into the mall yesterday and, and Nate, had his socks were in the car. Luckily, we have 18 extra pairs of clothes in the diaper bag, so we had some extras. But that's stressful. I've got to cook dinner. I don't know what to major in. You know, all kind of different things. We get stressed out a lot. And then you consider this. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus is, is about to be tortured to death in one of the most horrific means of torture ever devised. So he's, you know, that's pending. And all he can think about is ensuring that everyone else has peace and joy and faith. And that's all we can talk about leading up to, not leading up to a small problem, leading up to a pretty big thing. What would you be doing if you knew that you were going, not only going to be killed tomorrow, but tortured for who knows how long? Is all that you can think about the peace of everybody else if you know that tomorrow you're going to be tortured and die, man, I, I mean, if that's happening to me, I think I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I'm probably doing some holy water. And I mean, every I'm covering all my bases just to make sure that I've got the right one. And I'm really preparing as much as possible because tomorrow is the day. I mean, not very often do we get to know that, that exactly when the day's coming. But if you know, I don't think that how everyone else feels is what's on my mind. But in the same way that I think that a dying parent might, um, might uh, on when that's happening, a dying parent with a deep love for Jesus and a deep sense of peace about where they're going, might take the last few opportunities to reassure their, their spouse or their children about what's happening and, and telling them not to worry. And, and in that same way, Jesus himself, the author of that kind of peace, spends his last few days doing that exact same kind of thing. And John chapter 14, verse 25, so that's where where we kind of find, it's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of passages where you see Jesus doing this. Well, zero in on this piece, John chapter 14, verse 25. Jesus is days away from being crucified, and he knows it. How does he know for sure that he's about to be crucified? Well, for one, he's God, but for number two, he knows it because he's in control. He makes it clear over and over that that, that the devil didn't somehow find this loophole and he got to win. He makes it clear that he's choosing to go die because, because the Father has told him to. So he knows he's about to die because he's choosing to do it. And he spends his days leading up to it, preparing his disciples for his death, but also for everything that comes after that. And they've got lots and lots of questions, and they really just don't get it. It reminds me. I know I get. I don't know if anybody else gets a little bit of test anxiety if you have a big test. But I, you know, if I take like a big math test before I take the test, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I can't remember how to add, you know. And I mean, just the most simple things, and I stress out before the test gets there, and I have to like practice and be like, oh, I still got it, you know. And um, and so this is kind of how they are. Like the biggest test of their lives are coming, and they're panicking. And they're unsure. And these are people in this room, you know, that have, that have like cast out demons. I mean, it's not like they haven't had some measure of success with regards to faith. They've done some incredible things, but they're panicking and they're unsure. And they've got a whole lot of questions. And so Jesus sort of addresses their actual question, but, but he digs a little bit deeper and he goes above their little concerns and he can see that they're really having a heart issue and a faith issue. And so he takes the opportunity in answering their question to really address that bigger thing, that bigger issue that he knows that they're having. So John chapter 14, verse 25. This is Jesus speaking. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. So they ask him a bunch of questions, and he essentially says, I already told you the answers to all these things. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will will remind you of everything I have said to you. So they're worried that they're not going to... They're like, oh, Jesus, there's so much to do. You said so many things. And he's like, first he addresses that. And he says, no, it's okay. The Holy Spirit's going to come. I'm going to tell you more about him. He's going to give you everything that you need. And then verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I'm just going to read that one again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And so that's where he digs a little deeper and says, let me give you the thing that I think that you really need. The thing that you're really afraid of. And then he makes that statement. I want to say this part most clearly. You know, I, this is the part that I needed this morning, this season, and I, and I think it's the thrust of this verse. And it's this, very simply. It is just, it is most simply to stop worrying. We find a room full of people who are worrying about everything. And I think that the rest of this verse is just to stop worrying. Stop worrying about everything you can't fix. Stop worrying about everything you can fix. Stop worrying about all that you can't get to. Stop worrying about all the problems that you have. Instead, pick up and do whatever piece of obedience is right in front of you. Whatever piece that you know, pick up and do that. Work on the other things as as God gives you the time and the resources within your obedience. And then just stop worrying. I'm going to dig into that. I know it's never quite that easy just to throw that out there. But I say that because Scripture tells me that you and I, we can, we can, we can. You and I can live in peace. And for, for a time where we're, by every measure more stressed than we've ever been, more anxious, more depressed, we can live in peace. It is absolutely within our grasp. And that's not to belittle anxiety. Look, I know people have anxiety attacks and they have panic attacks, and I know that, I know that, that stuff's really real. I know that some people are so overcome. And did you know that anxiety can stop your heart? Yeah, I, I, sometimes I go in these real long wormholes, you know, when I'm, you know, wormholes. That's a, that's a different thing, isn't it? Rabbit hole, I think I'm looking for. Um, but I go down these, you know, I just click and I click. I'm, I'm the guy who keeps the article comes up. And, and I'm reading about all the bad things stress can do to you, you know. And so, so I know that it can kill you in a lot of different ways because I read about it this morning. Um, but but what, I, what I know is that it's very serious, and I don't want to demean that, but there's also a promise in Scripture that we can live in peace. When Jesus would greet people, this is what he would say. We see this a few times in Scripture. Jesus would greet people, and, and we say, Hey, how you doing? Jesus would say, Peace be with you. And he would start conversations by saying, Peace be with you. Um, in, in Aramaic, which Jesus spoke, this was salam. I probably didn't say it right, but salam. In Hebrew, it comes from the Hebrew word shalom. If you've ever heard anybody say shalom, that's kind of where that word comes from. And then it, it, when you... Translated to Greek, you find the word "eirene." Why do I tell you all those things about ancient languages? Because if you ever dig a little bit deeper in Scripture, you're going to see how prevalent this word is, and then you're going to go to Jesus, and you're going to see how much more Jesus uses it. And you're going to see over and over and over Jesus, just very simply, in casual conversation, saying peace and offering peace. It's all throughout the New Testament. In Luke chapter 2, when they're announcing Jesus' birth, You guys probably remember uh, this passage. The angels say, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And this is the exact same word. This is the Irene word. This This is the same kind of peace. And what they're saying is this baby that is coming is bringing an incredible peace. And not an earthly peace, not, not a freedom from war. I mean, we haven't got any further from war. In fact, we're only getting more and more war. That's not the kind of thing that he's talking about. Um, that thing's only going to get worse. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus actually says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. And then right after he says that, he says, but in this world you will have trouble. Like those things, that doesn't matter at all. You're going to have a lot of trouble, but you can also have peace. But, but I'm telling you that things are going to get worse. So clearly, when he says peace, he doesn't mean peace all around us. He's talking about a different kind of peace. Jesus isn't talking about a. He's not a, a beauty con- a beauty pageant contestant touting you know some kind of world peace that's not attainable. He's talking about this real deep inner peace. About this peace, Jesus says, if it sounds too good to be true, if this idea that I'm saying, and if you're somebody who's struggled with anxiety, I'm sure that you think this, but, but if it sounds too good to be true, like that's just not something I can really get, that's because you're, you're exactly right. Jesus tells us so clearly that this is a peace that cannot be understood. And Scripture tells us this is a peace that you just can't understand. And what's pretty comforting is if you've lived with stress and anxiety and a lack of peace your whole life and and you think, well, this isn't going anywhere and I'm not sure that I believe you, what's what's comforting is Jesus says, no, you probably won't. (laughs) Like I'm telling you that you won't get what I'm saying. That's a super common thing. But Jesus says, no, I give you peace. I just don't try to give it to you in the way that the world does. And that's how you're trying to think of it. Do you know that 43% of people are stressed about health care? You ever stressed about health care? 43%? I, I'm only stressed when I get the bill. Um, 43% of people are stressed about health care. Uh, but health care is how the world gives peace. Health insurance, retirement accounts, flood protections, bomb shelters. You know, depending on, on, on what's happening, that's how the world gives peace. We're going to protect you as much as we can. Did you know that 68 million Americans are, are doomsday preppers? Did you guys ever see? Apparently, there's not enough in River Ridge and Harehand. Did you guys see that urban preppers place that was on um, Hickory? You know, it didn't last very long. Um, but that was there. And um, so that's, I mean, like a lot of people are preparing for something really, really terrible. 68 million Americans are preparing for that. But Jesus says, This peace that I give you is not like that kind of peace. It's not a gas mask when you're afraid that you're going to be attacked with some kind of gas. That's, that's not the kind of thing. This piece that I give you has nothing to do with what's happening outside of you. Nothing to do with what's happening in your circumstances. So let's say that I say all that. Let's say you believe me. Better yet, let's say you believe the Bible. And you look at me with a side eye. You know, you ever seen the, uh, you ever seen the, the T-Mobile ads? And they say you can get a free iPhone 25 or whatever number we're at now. And, and you can get a free iPhone, and, and, and it's only $40 a month, and it's totally, it's all uh, unlimited. And you look like, I don't believe that. <laughs> There's no way that's true, but I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep listening because it sounds really good. And that's kind of how this sounds. The idea of, like, real peace seems like I'm going to listen because I want that, but I'm not really sure if that's reality. How do you get it? How do you get there? How do you get to a place where you have this? Step one, I feel like I say this about most things, but it's just a reality, but step one is really simple. It's become a Jesus follower. This is a piece that, fortunately or unfortunately, is only available to insiders. Become a Jesus follower. That's step one. It's a peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. And and Jesus says the Holy Spirit is a gift that indwells us when we ask Him for forgiveness and we confess that He is Lord and and we ask Him to save us. And, And when you do that, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and that's the thing that gives this kind of peace. I can never skip over that. I can't act like it's something you can get even if you're not into the Jesus thing. But step two... And I say this with intended simplicity. So if it's oversimple, that's because it really is simple. But step two, I, I just say really plainly, is, is, is this reality. It's a gift, and you just have to receive it. You ever tried to give money to somebody who wouldn't take it? And you're trying to shove it in their pocket, you know? And, and, and sometimes people just absolutely don't want the gift, or they want it, but they just won't take it. And sometimes we're that way with this piece. And we're struggling, and God's like, hey, let me give this to you. And, and we're, we're fighting him off like, like he's trying to put a snake in our pocket. You know, I mean, like it's absolutely something that we don't want. It's a gift, and you just have to receive it. When I built, um, if you guys have, have um, been with, been in the church long enough or known me long enough, um, I've pretty much halfway renovated everything that's ever around me. I never quite finish anything, but I get close but um, but our garage, if you remember, a long time ago, our garage used to be a little two-bedroom apartment. And, um, and so we had that little thing over there. We decided to convert the front half into a garage. And one of the bays was the old kitchen. And when I first did it, you know, I got rid of all the kitchen stuff, and then I put a big garage door up. But, you know, the first time you pull your car into your kitchen, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, like, driving slow. And I, it's a big, wide door, but I'm driving slow, and I'm, I'm afraid that there's one one thing in there that I didn't get up and I'm going to pop a, you know, water line or something. And so we creep in. And the first time was like the ultimate celebration. Jess is driving, I'm directing, and she's like, you know, creeping in. And we get in and turn the car off and we wait to make sure nothing explodes. And then we're like, we have a garage! and uh and then we still we move slow for a long time pulling into the garage but after a while i begin to trust that this garage is not going to explode and now we just roll in and park and i can fly in so fast that you'd be scared if you were riding passenger but i got used to it and and now it kind of works the idea is when you're feeling anxious and when you're feeling stressed and when you're lacking this peace that God says that you can have, the idea is pull in slowly. You know, it's not a, it's not a denial of reality. It's not a denial of the way I feel. It's, it's pull in slowly. Thank God that He's given you a bigger purpose than all these small things. Thank God that these small things really don't end up mattering. Thank God that He's in control of all things. Thank God that He is all-powerful. And thank God that what you can't control, He can control. And what you can't control, pray over it and let it go. What does let it go mean? Let it go means don't try to fix it. Because if you're letting it go, you're not still trying to fix it. Don't try to fix it. Take your mind off of it as much as you can. And that's not a thing that's easily controlled, but take your mind off it as much as you can. And what you're going to see is that the more you do it, the more that you do your very best to let it go, the things that you can't control, and then you see that your life didn't fall apart, that it, it somehow it found a way to work out, that God is still in control, that your salvation is still intact, that you're still heaven bound, that Satan didn't surprisingly defeat Jesus, like though everything didn't fall apart and you didn't intervene. And, and before you know it, you're going to be pulling in faster and faster. And you're going to trust it more and more as you just begin to trust God to give you the peace. I'll close with Jesus' words. This is the rest of that, that passage that I read a minute ago. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let me pray. God, I thank you for that reality. I thank you that you have overcome the world. And I just stand up here feeling a little bit foolish, and, and, and I, just, I just say thank you. And I'm sorry I've wasted so much brain power and so much anxious time trying to solve things that were never mine to solve anyway. And so, God, in as much as I can, I give those things to you. I pray that that everybody sitting here in front of me who knows the thing that's on their mind right now that they get anxious about, that that, that they're reluctant to give to